I really enjoyed um, learning a bit more about Joseph last week for mini-Zoom and I just wanted to um, bring the story before you again and maybe give it and um, expand on what I said to the children um, last week because it really is um, such an inspiring and amazing story. Um, now, for some of you, it might have been many years since you read the story of Joseph. And for the children, it's been a whole week, which is quite a long period in a child's life. And I'm sure that their minds have been filled with many other things this week. So I'm going to do a very slight and um, very brief um, recap of the story before I talk to you. So, Jacob had 12 sons, but Joseph, who was one of the youngest, was his favourite son. And to show this, um, Jacob gave Joseph a fabulous robe. It was beautiful, it was rich, and it was colourful. It might have been a little bit like, I've started making this blanket in lockdown, a blanket of many colours. It may have been a bit like this blanket. So it was a beautiful, rich, colourful robe. And the other important thing to know about Joseph is that he had dreams, as we mentioned. And in his dreams, he dreamt he was the greatest and his whole family bowed down to him. And of course, he told his brothers about it. I dreamt about you bowing down to me. And his brothers were, maybe you could understand it, they were jealous. They were jealous of the cloak that their father had given to Joseph. And they were jealous of his dreams as well. They hated him and they wanted to kill him. They wanted to put an end to their father's favourite and to his really annoying dreams. So they threw him in a pit and they were going to leave him to die. But then they realised that they could sell him instead. So they sold him as a slave and they told their father, Jacob, that he was dead. Now, I wonder if you've ever wanted or really, really wanted something that belongs to someone else. Have you ever really wanted something that belongs to someone else? I have a very vivid memory of when I was maybe three or four and playing with a friend. And my friend had a special bottle for her dolly. It was the type that looked full of milk when it was standing up. And, but when he took it into the dolly's mouth, the milk magically disappeared. It was amazing. Um, but you probably have to be an 80s child to really understand the wonder. I was trying to talk to my, my children, my girls, about it, and um, they were completely underwhelmed. <laughs> um, so I didn't have a baby bottle like that at home for my baby, but I really, really wanted one. So at home time, I slipped the bottle that didn't belong to me in the pocket of my coat. And as I walked home with my mum, I remember putting my hands in my pocket and feeling it there and then starting to feel a bit worried about it because I didn't want my mum to know that I had it. How was I going to hide it from my mum? Because she wouldn't have wanted me to take it. So when I got home, I didn't want to take my coat off. And then I think my mum knew that something was wrong and she found the bottle. And of course, she made me take it back. Um, so that's a small example of um, really childish jealousy. Um, but my childish reaction, my, my young person's reaction um, to the feeling of jealousy was to take it, to steal it. Now, starting in childhood, when we're young, we start to compare ourselves to others. And I think we all do this all the time, sometimes maybe without realising it. We're jealous of things that other people own, um, or maybe the way other people look. 
Um, starting with the baby bottle, it's not a huge leap um, to iPhones, um, pierced ears, prettier faces, smaller waist, bigger house, better car, cooler mountain bikes, I know would be something that my husband um, might think about. So we can compare those things, the things that we own and the way people live, but we can also compare um, relationships. We can be jealous of relationships that other people have. Um, friendships, relationships, marriages, families. Oh, I wish that I had that, or I wish we were more like them. And sometimes jealousy rises up and passes really quickly. Other times it stays with us and it harms us. And jealousy doesn't make us happy, actually. It's the opposite. Jealousy means being unhappy at other people's happiness. It's being unhappy at other people's happiness. And that's what happened to Joseph's brothers. I think they probably liked his, his fancy coat and wished they had one, but it was the relationship he had with his father that they were really jealous of. They wanted him, and he want, they wanted their father to love them the most, to be his favorite, but they weren't, and Joseph was. So they burned with bitterness and they burned with jealousy. And this means they couldn't stop thinking bad thoughts about Joseph. And these bad thoughts built up and up and up until they decided to do the terrible thing. They tried to kill him, they sold him. And maybe even um, more heartbreakingly, they lied to their father and said that Joseph was dead. And so they broke their father's heart. In Proverbs 27, verse 4, it says, Anger is cruel and destructive, but it is nothing compared to jealousy. And we can see the truth of that in this story. Jealousy destroyed the family. So, um, what can we do when we feel jealous? We can stop bitterness taking root by asking God to help us know when we're comparing ourselves to other people and help us deal with jealous feelings so it doesn't um, destroy us. It can help us, we can ask God to help us to be happy for other people when they're happy and we can look to Jesus. So moving on, when Joseph was in Egypt, after he'd been sold as a slave, things went really well at first. He was promoted by a man called Potiphar, but then he was blamed for something he didn't do and got sent to prison. And he was there for two whole years at least, that's quite a long time. Then Pharaoh had a strange dream and Joseph was able to tell him what that dream meant. And God helped Joseph understand that the dream was a warning that there would be a famine in Egypt, there wouldn't be enough food. So Joseph was taken from the jail and made a prince in Egypt. And he took charge of storing up the food to make sure that when the famine came, the people wouldn't starve. Then the famine arrived and Joseph's family, his father and his brothers, they were starving where they were in Canaan. So they traveled to Egypt, all the way to Egypt to look for food. And they knelt before Joseph. And when they knew it was their brother, they were really afraid. And they knew they had done wrong. So Joseph's brothers hurt him really, really badly when, out of jealousy and bitterness, they tried to get rid of him. And he could have stayed angry and he could have borne a grudge and he could have really wished that bad things would happen to his brothers. Once a man spat at me in a car park and the children were with me and I was really, really upset about it. 
And later I told Mark what had happened at the dinner table and he said, maybe we should pray for the man who spat at you. And Rowan, my son, who was a little bit younger at the time, he said, yeah, dad, let's pray that the man would die. Um, and I'd been wronged and Rowan's reaction to it was to wish bad things to happen to the one who hurt me. So Joseph didn't pray that his brothers would die, although he must have felt angry with them. He could have turned them away with no food when they came to him, and he could have destroyed them like they tried to destroy him, because he had the perfect opportunity to take revenge on them. But he decided not to. He forgave them. He forgave them for what the wrong that they had done to him, which is a really bad wrong. And not just this, but he actually, he loved them as well. And the passage that the Ellensons read to us shows us about how he was overwhelmed with emotion. He was full of emotion and he cried and he hugged his brothers and he told them to get their father and live with him in Egypt forever. But Joseph, um, Joseph's response is the image of God's love. When we turn our backs on God, um, though we turn our backs on God, he made a way for us to be forgiven. And in love, like Joseph invited his brothers to live with him, God invites us to spend eternity with him. Joseph also acknowledges that God had a plan through it all. He planned to save people's lives. And my favourite verses in the passage are the ones that I underlined um, on the slide. It says, God sent me here ahead of you to save people's lives. And then a little bit further on in verse seven, it says, so God sent me here ahead of you. This was to make sure that you have some descendants left on earth. And it was to keep you alive in an amazing way. But Joseph knew that even though he'd suffered terribly, God always had a good plan to save people's lives through him. He said, God sent me here ahead of you to save people's lives. So all along, God's plan was to save lives, and that included Joseph's family and the whole of Israel. And I love the bit when it says, it was to keep you alive in an amazing way, in an amazing, perhaps unexpected way. So though from evil, out of evil, those bad thoughts, and Joseph's brothers tried to destroy him, but God used it for good. God can use even the most difficult times for good. So though he suffered, Joseph always trusted in the goodness of God. And this was something that I found really personally inspiring about the story, because Joseph knew that when bad things happen, even though some of the worst things happen to him, God is not bad. God is always, always good. And Joseph never turned away from God, even though at times he must have felt like God had forgotten him. So finally, Joseph's story is like Jesus's story in many ways. Both men left home and their fathers and were hated by their brothers. Both of them were sold for silver. Both of them were punished, although they'd done nothing wrong. And the cross is the ultimate example of God using something that was intended for evil for something good, which was to forgive the sins of the world. And this makes Jesus the ultimate um, Joseph. 
So I know I've said a lot of things today um, and I hope I haven't lost the children too much. Um, but if you want to, if I want you to remember anything um, from today, there's three things. So number one, don't let anger or jealousy make you bitter like Joseph's brothers. Ask God to help you. Number two is bad things will happen to all of us um, and have happened to many of us. But when they do, don't forget that God is never bad. God is always, always good, no matter what happens. And in the same way that God cared for Joseph, God cares for you and has a loving plan for all of you. So I hope that this has given you some encouragement. And I'm going to pass on to Mark and the kids now who are going to pray.